Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, everybody. You know what time it is. It's Woke Bros time. And for Woke Bros with this very, I don't know, I'm not going to say low energy. I'm going to say kind of like jazz introduction so far. I am Michael Shabazz, Aziz Mohammed, Jamal, Akbar X, Brooks. And with me, as always, is the Haitian sensation himself, my comrade friend, and Paizan, Big Waz, what's new on the break? Yo, what up? That that was uh, some pretty admirable uh, Haitian Creole 
pronunciation right there, Mike. I, I like that. I'm working on it, man. You know me. You know I'm a, I'm a cosmopolitan. Wise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cosmopolitan, just like the hotel in Vegas. Just like the hotel in Vegas. <laughs> exactly. I'll learn your pronunciation, and then I want to take all your shit. <laughs> we have the Puerto Rican Jade, Rob Lopez. He's at the helm. And the question remains. As Rob builds his empire, as Rob gradually inserts himself into more of the Count of Dings universe, does he continue as the protege, as Puerto Rican Jade, or does Jade gradually become white Rob Lopez? We'll find out. <laughs> Welcome to Woke Bros. How's everybody doing? I'm fantastic, man. You know, the holidays, always always a nice time of year be around family and, of course, friends eat a ton of food, and of course, there's lists, and we all love lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, all right, and uh, before we get to uh, uh, the meat, we got to do the plugs, and I want everybody, we're, we're selling these tickets fast. We didn't really have that much of a dip, like in the in the sort of middle cycle, like when you're selling live shows first the first couple of days, a bunch of people buy tickets. Right. Down, then it spikes back it's up. Closer to the date, yep. Yeah, the TMBS sales have stayed pretty steady. So, and there was definitely a fast spike out of the gate. So, if you haven't yet, get your tickets to the February 1st, first Michael Brooks live show at the Bell House in Brooklyn. We've got a whole crew of amazing crew guests. I wish Waz was there. He'll be at the next one, but we've got the great Alona, the great Bashkar Sankara. We've got Treble Bolyu of Champagne Sharks, who, as a matter of fact, I think we should we should get both Bashkar. Bashkar wants to be on Woke Bros and talk about Marx and the Knicks. Uh, so we're going to do that. Oh, that would be perfect. We got to get T on as well, uh, Trevor. So they're going to be there. There's going to be a video sketch. There's going to be compression contests. There's a lot going on as we map that up. Plus, of course, all of the, the gentlemen of the TMBS crew. So get your tickets now because I think they will definitely sell out. They're moving. And then join the Count the Dings universe March 2nd. Boston live show. Fucking Boston, dude. Come to Boston. Like, we've got Middle some East. art. Where is it at? At the Middle East. I keep calling it the Middle Easterner, but it's at the Middle East. It's at the Middle East. I haven't been invited to join the show yet, but I'm sure that this was an embarrassing oversight. It'll be correct. <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like a Trump? It's in the mail or an actual mail? <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the mail. In the mail. In the mail. I'm actually shocked. Jade Jade is texting me like, dude, did you see this thing about how Kennedy was going to expose September 11th, 50 years ago? And I was like, <laughs> I'm like no, I didn't see that. But where's my fucking invitation to be at the Boston? Exactly. Yeah, Jade, get on that, man. Jesus Christ. Guy's got a fucking campaign for it when he's a Massachusettser or New Englander. Give me a fucking break. All right. Uh, was this is the year in review episode. This is where the woke bros... Sometimes emphasis on bros, sometimes emphasis on bro, on uh, woke. <laughs> we review the year. Big picture, man. And it's just been an insane amount. Like, I just recorded a year in review for Majority Report with Sam and Alex Perrine. And it's like, you can't even get to 90% of it just because of the velocity. But if right. you had to sit back, 
what were the big themes and stories and whatever of this year from anything, you know, music, sports, politics, any of the things we talk about? What were the themes? What happened? What do you think we got to hit? Man, politically, obviously, you know, there's the blue wave stuff, but there's yep. also the just utter <laughs> gutlessness of the GOP. And I know I say this damn near every episode, but the, the levels to which these people will stoop to cower in front of this administration is just is just amazing, man. As indictments pile up, plea deals pile up, jail time piles up. Like, everybody just in the GOP just sits around and acts as if this is all normal and nothing's wrong. It's like a jailbreak down there. You know, and a jailbreak in the sense that, like, it's like, man, they feel like this is the last hurrah of whatever it is they're trying to do as a GOP. And they're trying to grab as much shit as they possibly can. And even if that means, you know, letting the guy sink the entire democracy just so that them and a couple more of their buddies can get a little bit richer. So be it. But like, that's one of my bigger takeaways. And of course, we've been seeing it since January of 2017. Right. Where there's like literally nothing these people will do to stand up to this criminal corrupt regime but this year sort of crystallized because guys are actually going to jail (laughs) people who are connected to this everybody connected to this situation has been proven to be corrupt criminal inept or all three so (laughs) that's that's one of the things that i'll definitely take away Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's really important to just always hit the theme that everybody should have known, expected, and had no surprise whatsoever that the Republican Party was 100% on board. The only difference inside the Republican Party is on, you know, some people who want to brand it and present it in slightly different ways. But as I always say, this is like the Michael Brooks, like, one of the three keys for understanding Republicans, maybe one of like the five keys for understanding modern politics. I'll get the rest of the keys later. But one is uh, the the core truth of the GOP is a policy set that is about redistributing money to the rich. It's about getting rid of everything that benefits the broader public, letting corporations do whatever they want. And the only thing that they have that could appeal to people that are not ultra wealthy is different forms of, you know, far right Christian and white identity politics. That's it. And Donald Trump is good at it. And uh, he's the a correct Republican leader. He's not an aberration. He's the perfect distillation of the party. And it's embarrassing and pathetic. Any pundit that was like, oh, Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan, I mean, well, they'll they'll try to, you know, hold them in check. These people have been throwing dirt on democracy and have been corrupt and disgusting and despicable their whole careers. And, you know, by the way, like, look at what the Republicans are doing in Wisconsin and Michigan to literally roll back democracy. And I mean that like not hyperbolically at all. They're they're staffing agencies. They're signing legislation to block what new governors can do legally after they lose elections. And then, of course, there was the actual, not the conspiracy theory bullshit that they peddle out, but actual election fraud in North Carolina. That's what that party is. And also 
way a lot of just the American elite and, of course, a lot of the the center, the corporate aspect of the Democratic Party through Silicon Valley and Wall Street and military have been to- and the military contractors are totally complicit in this. And we got to get rid of sh- uh, Trump, but we got a really clean house, man, because the, the problem is deep. Absolutely. And, you know, day by day and all those things you mentioned, like what they've what they're doing in Wisconsin after their buddy Scott Walker. By the way, Scott Walker, right? The most authoritarian, like straight up corporate shill ever, right? Like he's right up there with anybody you want to name as far as the Paul Ryans and, and all those other type of GOPers are concerned. Like when it comes to the stuff that he rammed down people thro- people's throats, you know, said he wasn't going to go after unions, then got elected and proceeded to go after unions like the idea that as soon as the actual voters vote him out they decide that they need to restrict the powers of the governor's um office <laughs> wow <laughs> when you talk about gutlessness it's it's you know it's just so so clear and apparent man I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, and my only thing is, I don't even know, I mean, it's immoral, it's disgusting, I don't know, it's gutless, I mean, they're just fucking doing it, and, yeah. uh, you know, that, yeah, man, like, that is what it is, and, uh, you know, that's, I agree with you, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, it was essential that the Democrats took the House, I mean, that was just the bare minimum of what needed to happen to, you know, hold back complete catastrophe. And now it's a contest. You know, the Democratic Party is not one party. So there's this great momentum with amazing new figures like AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and also good, you know, soldiers who've been there a while for the right stuff like Bernie Sanders and Barbara Lee and Jim McGovern. Uh, But, you know, there's still a huge amount of uh, Democrats who are, you know, just, you know, corporate bag men and women who don't have any agenda and uh, are roadblocks to progress. Like the new, uh, you know, the guy like Richie Neal on Ways and Means, who takes a huge amount of money from the health insurance industry. So it le- but it's the battle that needs to happen inside the Democratic Party. And we need to be empowered to have that battle. So that's a really good progress. Also, yeah. Georgia was stolen. That's the only other thing I'll say. Georgia yeah, that's, a, that's just a fact. Like it's it's coming out and they're like all the. All of the information is is coming out to bear. And, you know, they basically started this voter suppression stuff after Obama, right? They were like, shit, uh, when those people come out, we don't have the numbers to beat them. So we got to do the next best thing and figure out how to make it not legal for those people to vote. And, you know, of course, what happened in Georgia was despicable. Uh, There's some shit in North Carolina, you know, where people straight up like, walking into people's houses and telling them to give them their absentee ballot and then just basically <laughs> ripping the shit up afterwards. Uh, you know, voter suppression has been... Once once the quote-unquote Obama coalition became a thing, uh, the GOP decided, yeah, yeah, we're not going to try to win votes with ideas. We're just going to cancel them, which, you know, good for them. They get to, they get to cheat the system and win all the time. Um, but to get back on what you said about... Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie and the progressive wing of the party. Uh, Again, man, what I'm going to remember about this year is the one, you know, a lot of these progressive ideas are are winning out, right? Um, I don't think it happens on this just straight up, like, every Democrat everywhere is winning on these progressive um, platforms, but 
the amount of people who are winning at this point in 2018 and going into 2019 is greater than at any point that I can remember. Right? Where it's not just a bunch of Joe Liebermans and freaking uh and uh and Hillary Clintons, if you will, right? Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think that's I think that's amazing. I think obviously the energy on that side is what's pushing the party forward. And you know, I saw some shit the other day where Ocasio Cortez was like why shouldn't we primary Hakeem Jeffries? Why not? That's exactly <laughs> right. Why the hell? Why the fuck? I was like, Ooh, I love it, man. I this love is, it too. This is this is this is not your daddy's Democratic Party. I'll tell you that. Not at all. No, no. There's real. There's real momentum, and it's not a guarantee, but it's happening. And there's a ton of possibility and momentum there. It's amazing. Um, I just also want to say real quick while we're on the politics tip, because maybe we'll pivot in a second. I just want to say, I know people have heard me mention, obviously, definitely if you are a TMBS person, you know, you know that we cover Brazil a lot. Brazil is, I mean, first of all, you know, you had a city councilwoman named Mariela Franco. Everybody should look it up. She was, she and her driver were gunned down nine months ago in a car. No arrests have been made, but it was almost certainly like a drug gang or power military connected with the police department. She was a, basically an activist against police violence, against Afro-Brazilians and the favelas. And we have this guy, Bolsonaro, who's becoming president who, you know, fits that global pattern that we got with people like you know, Trump and Orban and, and Hungary and, you know, these, this like global fascist moment, essentially. And one of the most dangerous versions of it is in Brazil. And on top of it all is, you know, the former president Lula da Silva, who, I mean, basically like, I'm not even trying to dog Obama by this because I like, honestly, like Lula is the best president we've had like of the 21st century. If you just do it by the numbers, you know what I mean? And so it would be like, Obama did some good things and was demonized by his opposition 100%. And basically with Lula, it would be like if Obama actually did a lot of amazing things and was put in jail by Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. So, you know, Lula was president. He brought between 30 and 40 million people out of poverty. He, you know, strengthened wages, labor unions, reset Brazil's role in the world. This is an incredibly popular figure. And going back to 2014, the far right in Brazil, with the support of the United States Department of Justice, for you know, a variety of reasons we can't get into, have been on a crusade against his party and him, even though they're really a very moderate center-left party. Not that it should make any difference, but they're not radical at all. And now he's been put in jail on just these on literally they call it indeterminate acts. It's like, yeah, he did something. Um, and just this level of demonization and kept him out of the presidential race, which he led, he was leading by double digits. I interviewed his lawyer on my show the other day. It was a really meaningful interview for me. And I just, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's closer than you might think. I mean, you know, what would you do if you were, out and about while, you know, someone like Nelson Mandela was in prison. I mean, there's a really important historical world here who's done a tremendous amount of good. And, uh, you know, again, some of the good people in Congress, Bernie Sanders, Barbara Lee, Keith Ellison, some others, they've signed letters about Brazil and about Lula. Uh, But we need to all do a lot more in the culture and in politics, I think.
it's hard to think about what's going on this year without thinking about Kanye West for all of the wrong reasons, right? And, and, and you know, but the funny thing, like for me this year is, is so much about Kanye and Drake in the sense that one, you know, I think that report came out last year or maybe the year before where things, the, what we already knew to be true was like, made made uh, like so clear in like numbers form where the streaming companies was like our most popular shit is rap shit right yeah. the dominant culture in music is hip hop culture hip hop music um and so you know like so which means that like hip hop stars if you're at the top of hip hop you're at the top of music period at this point right like if you're at the top of black music then you're just leading the culture and Kanye West was that person for so so long and I think this year was when we finally re- like that it's over for him mm. he's just done and and you know him and Drake will always be linked for reasons that don't even have to do with this year but you know with all the shit that happened over the summer blah 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 Drake literally drops his biggest project to date you know goes on to the most success he's ever had in his freaking life um and you know and and that's not that and that's amongst a bunch of other headline acts like J Cole and you know Meek Mill and Travis Scott drop big big projects that did a big and and and, and Pusha and Nas and fucking Ice Cube. I mean, on paper, it was a very big hip hop year. Absolutely, and and you know, and so the Kanye meltdown, the Drake push a Kanye beef, uh, that 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 those thoughts are going to be lingering with me for a while, man. Not just because I was thoroughly entertained by it all, but because these guys are people I've been following for, you know. With Kanye more than a decade now Same with um, Pusha But with Drake same a decade Like I've been following these guys' careers For so long And so for it to all come to a head The way it did this year That's definitely gonna stay with me man Yeah I agree with you And I, I, I gotta say like maybe At this point And I say this as you know As someone who was never never a big Kanye fan And at times you know I'll hate on Kanye and Drake Maybe to just be a little bit contrary but to be honest, like, you know, I never Kanye is an amazing producer. I never was a big fan of his as a rapper. And I never found the the like, no, this guy's really an auteur and he understands fashion and he understands this and he understands that. I never really quite bought it, even though I never questioned his talent, if that makes sense. So it's not like I thought it was fraudulent and this isn't a very talented person but I never trusted the thought process. I think that if you know what I'm saying, and uh, I hope I'm making that clear. But no, of yeah, course, yeah. I, I think that yeah, yeah, Kanye's always been an ideas guy, and even if you didn't agree with the creation that he came up with, uh, nobody could question the integrity, right? Like he I mean, was always I, trying to do something new, something yeah. innovative. I that was always the goal, even if I don't think he always succeeded but you knew that's what he was going for i think that's totally true i think that's true and i also think that i mean i basically the way i put it is i think that's completely true with music and maybe that's true to some degree with fashion in some ways i feel like you know it it's not enough of my world to comment on that but there was always a part of kanye that felt a little bit like you know he wikipedia some romanian designer and it sounded dope 
And I say that maybe because I have a bias of kind of being around like brand and trend circles for a little bit. And you could definitely meet people that, I mean, sometimes you meet brilliant people who are very tuned into whatever it is, whether it be music or technology or, or design, but you also met a lot of people that like, you know, they knew the exact right glasses to wear. They knew the right references to have at the moment, whether it be in television or, you know, what exhibitions going on at MoMA or whatever, but they didn't actually have a thought process. They just kind of knew what sounded right. And to me with Kanye, there was a lot of that when he stepped out of music. And then of course, you know, he did this whole just trash, like far right Trump, you know, all of just these disasters. And I got to say though, at the end of it, He's a narcissist. He was damaging in terms of his political preference. His recent art that he's put out has not been good. It's not been up to his standard. And at the same time, by this point, I think it's fair to just be like, you got to look at this person who's suffering serious mental health issues. And I'm not saying that excuses it, but it's so clear that like, that's the, at least as far as like this dude, just as an individual, which he isn't cause he's such an important figure. So we got to assess everything. But if you're just like, as a dude, why have you been such a nutcase, like such an asshole? It's like, well, cause he actually like is like, you know, he's suffering real stuff and I'm not saying excuses it, but to me, it just puts it in like stark relief. Like here's a fucking global celebrity running all over the place. And really this is just like a, you know, this is a damaged person who's not getting the help they need. Yeah. And it's kind of obvious, right? Cause most well, people don't do stream of conscious tweets. Yeah. 200 yeah. plus tweets talking about perceived slights on songs and this and my sneakers. And it's just like, yo, Kanye, man, get, get a grip. And again, like much is like the people around him just don't really care that much. Oh. It seems right. Like it seems that he's gotten, he's got nobody in his corner to really guide him in the right direction. And, you know, I just hope nothing tragic happens. Right. I hope he's just able to move on and, and, and get better at some point soon. Yeah. And I think that that's, I guess, yeah, you hit that perfectly. Cause that's what I was trying to get at. Like, I think we're at the point with it now, especially that he's kind of like taking himself out at least for the moment of like the political box. I think just as a person, it's fair for us to be like, all right, you know what? Sure. You could still make fun of him and whatever, but it like when he's out endorsing Trump, you got to pile on him cause he's an agent for Trump. <laughs> But when he's just like, you know, now it's like Martin Lawrence running naked on the street type thing. And that's just like, all right, that's just the person who needs help. <laughs> and the people, I agree with you, I don't think the people around him are serious about the help he needs. Like, and, and I think it also sucks because I think that, you know, it he is, he really is that stereotype of like a sensitive, egomaniac at times very insightful, but in many ways, just like an arrogant asshole artist, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's a theater kid. He's a theater <laughs> kid to the max. Yeah, Like all of those stereotypes taken to the umpteenth power right. is, is Kanye. And, and the sad thing, I don't think this is sad, but it's just like, you know, he's always been good at stirring conversation with this. But like this year, I think people have just been like, 
Kanye, we're tired of it, man. <laughs> we're tired of the rants. We're tired of you. We're tired of you trying to be controversial rather than just doing something. We're just tired of it, and I think everybody's kind of moved on, man. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then I think it's funny because it happens in the same year that Meek Mill, both first, you know, as a person who, because of the specific targeting of him and over sentencing of him, you know, exemplified a bigger story about racism and about prison and about sentencing and also just the broader, you know, like America writ large across the board is way over imprisoned, right? Like it's insane. And so he was like this case study for all of these major issues. And then he comes out and I mean, I never like disliked Meek Mill, but I just, you know, like, yeah, that's cool. He's a dude from Philly. He parties like, all right, this album he put out is incredible, dude. In my opinion, I think it's incredible. I think it's to me, it was, it's been the most steady listen I've had of the year. Yeah, I enjoyed the album. Um, I like the themes. I, I mean, to me, he sounds. Oftentimes, people take a long ass break from doing music, and they they sound like it. Like they sound rusty. They don't sound as sharp. Um, the music that they're actually picking to do work over is just a straight up grab bag of everything that's current, and just being like, all right, I'm gonna throw myself on all the current trends. I don't think that was the case with this album. And, you know, like you said, the redemption story is so cool because, you know, he's found that he found a purpose as far as criminal justice reform and championing right. that championing that effort. Um, but also as an example of like, you know, Kanye is the laughing stock now, but so was Meek Mill at a point. Right. And now right. he's just straight up, you know, beloved, the beloved figure, one of the most beloved figures that we have out there. Um, so he serves as a great example of what can happen when you get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think we need a lot more of that in the culture, to be honest. Like I want to move like opposite of all of the like can cancel culture shit. Like, cause, it, cause even if you, are rightly criticizing people for, you know, mistakes that they've made. Uh, the, the purpose of it is actually for us to all evolve and get better and grow. Um, and so there has to be redemption in that process. And so I think it's, yeah, I think that's cool that it's like, you're right. Like he was a laughing stock with his, you know, I mean, Drake bodying him and the breakup with Nicki Minaj and all these other things. And even just, you know, videos circulating of him just being an asshole. And, you know, he went through this. No one should have to go through what he went through to become a better person, for sure. But that being said, you know, yeah, he's he is a better person. And I think a much more interesting artist uh, and still very much himself. And now, you know, he's beloved and that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up that other thing, because as we mentioned earlier, this has been a year of confirmation, confirmation that Republicans are Republican and that Nicki Minaj is a clown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've always thought this. I've always sensed it. And then this year with the Barbie radio and the you know, uh, come fight me and this and that. And it's just like, oh, get out of here. She's a clown and everybody knows it. It's great. She really showed her true colors this year. And I'm glad that, like, her prominence in the public space has dwindled in such a way that we don't have to deal with her. Because I, I, you know, every anybody who's ever listened to me talk about her music, like, I've never liked her music, ever. Um, but I think this year, 
was the year finally where people were really like, man, what what are we doing here? Why are we doing this with Nicki Minaj? Let's move on. <laughs> Do you think I have a theory? I mean, maybe I guess it's just obvious, but it's like because because we're gonna like I mean, speaking of I mean, because could Cardi B? It's been the year of her, and the question for her almost is like, can she reach even more heights? But I think what's very poignant about it, and I think what's kind of actually human probably and kind of sad because she's on that downward trajectory is it's like, I, you know, I think like arguably, I don't think it's that controversial to say like Nicki Minaj might be coming in with more overall talent than Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? Just like, as like, you can do this, you can do that type of thing. I don't even think that's a crazy, like, I think that's a factual statement. I think that's a factual statement. Right, that's a factual statement. And I think that part of what, but what's fascinating, and these terms get overused and they become cliches, but it's like Cardi B's whole thing really is authenticity. Her, like, even if you go on, like, what I noticed, if you look at Cardi B's Instagram, like, of course, there's plenty of like, oh my God, this is a Cartier, it's so expensive. And there's plenty of like, she looks bad, she looks hot, whatever. But there's 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 pictures without makeup. There's pictures, you know, in sweats, going to, to take a walk. They're, like, she really is getting to where she wants to be through very much being herself in a way that everybody now that's kind of like a trendy thing to say, but I think it's still pretty rare because all of us are still running around with so much insecurities about who we are. So, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like with Nikki and she handles it so badly and she's so ridiculous, but what made me kind of feel bad for her this year, or even just like recognize her as just like a struggling human was like, fuck, she's insecure. Like, all of this shit, like Travis Scott knows that my album is number one, and you know, oh my like god, his, I forgot because, about that. I mean, dude, dude, it's so ridiculous. And of course, we can all be like, "Yeah, she's an asshole," but it's like that is a that's a that's a fucking crying spirit right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, hundred percent, hundred percent understand, man, and like. <laughs> It's 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 not that it's not something that you even need to read into. You can just watch her behavior and just be like, this is an egotistical, insecure, crazy person, you know, not dissimilar from our president, not dissimilar from Kanye. And, you know, they've all had public meltdowns this year. And so I'm very happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't do you feel okay? because this is, though, where we got to bar Trump. Cause you know, fuck Trump. Like the he's the president. He's to the manner born. He the only thing he's talented at is like being an asshole. That's when he's some. That's when he's funny. But he's just a he's a very thoroughly trash person, right? But when you talk about Kanye, we already said okay, he's also this talented artist. He's sensitive, whatever. That complicates the fact that he's a narcissistic, delusional asshole. With Nikki, at least for me, and again, speak, I'm with you. I've never been a fan. I don't know that I've hated her as much as you've hated her, but I've definitely never been a Nikki fan. This has also been so, like down to the fact that her album was clearly trying too hard, down to these meltdowns, down to this struggle, down to like the potential like pill shit. It just was like, whoa, like it, 
unless you're Trump, I'm always going to feel for you when you're on your complete descent. You know what I mean? Like two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, she's riding high and you kind of know that she's an, an asshole and a hack. And you're like, man, fuck her. But now it's like, oh, man, like that's brutal. I hope she finds herself. Yeah, I hope she finds herself and is at her house somewhere and she's chilling. <laughs> I hope she doesn't find herself in a recording booth. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Scott, it seemed you got upset about that. What the, but why do people say things like upset or angry? When someone says how they feel, they're not always upset or angry. Well, what were you feeling? I felt like I wanted to punch him in his face. Because he's, because, what, because what are those emotions the then if that's is, not anger? No, no, it's not anger. It's just uh, what's right and what's wrong, what's fair. I've had um, a, a number two album and I never cared. Um, it's just that when you have a number two album to someone who's selling shirts and merch and selling uh, passes for a tour that's not even announced yet, it feels like you're being tricked. It feels like, you know, someone is playing a game and like beating you at a game as opposed to just selling music. I want to sell music. Uh, no redemption for Nikki, huh? No shot. Uh, what? So, do we have anything else? I think that about covers it, man. Obviously, people should look forward to to what we're doing with with uh, woke bros going forward. Of course, bomb on Monday. Uh, I think uh, we're just gonna get bigger and better as a Count the Dings Network, man. I want to thank everybody for supporting us, man. Um, this has just been a dope year. A lot of ups and downs, but we we weathered the storms and we you know we're back and we're better than ever. Oh yeah, that was incredible, man. Just being like, you know, as a as a as a really good friend of yours, obviously, and also you know friend of Jade, and just like and getting to know more of you guys, but especially just you know really knowing you two and and watching how all of that went down and how quickly you guys were able to put together a new and better scenario. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to be, uh, you know, brought in on it so that Waz and I could finally do this show that we've obviously been needing to do for a long time and uh, bigger and better, bigger and better. Uh, please uh, obviously check out the Michael Brooks show. The Patreon experience is like two to one content. It's a whole other level of things. It's very entertaining, but you will also be a absolute political sophisticate and warrior patreon.com slash tmbs or get a whole bunch of clips and all sorts of content on michael brooks show on youtube we're putting a lot up now and on itunes tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening to this thursday morning if you're on your schedule and you're downloading and listening to woke bros as soon as it's released which is what everybody should be doing obviously tune in tonight 7 p.m michael brooks show youtube channel for a live michael brooks show last show of the year and my comrade, my fellow woke bro, Big Wise, is in studio at the helm with me. It's going to be an amazing show. So, uh, yeah, guys. Um, and I want to obviously I want to thank Rob Lopez, uh, Brilliant, the protege of the evil genius Jade. Thanks, Jade. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, each and every one of you listening, sharing our content, talking with us on social media. Uh, check out 
can get your Patreon now if you haven't yet at patreon.com slash count the dings. Join me in doing that. And make sure you hit the subscribe button to all of the Count the Dings shows and leave a review that helps get more ears on us. And uh, thanks, everybody. Onward to 2019, bigger and better. All right, bye, beautiful. See you tomorrow. Bye. See you tomorrow, bro. Later on. All right, uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, bro. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.